With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. There's more to working from home than emails. So you need Wi-Fi with reliable speed, the most in-home coverage, and built-in security. You need Xfinity XFi. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity Internet and learn about our great offers. You'll get amazing value with speeds that deliver and reliable coverage you can count on. And with XFi Advanced Security, you can keep all the devices in your home connected and protected from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store to learn more today. Restrictions apply. Sometimes saving money takes work, but when you switch to Xfinity Mobile, it's easy. You'll save hundreds a year on your wireless bill and get nationwide 5G included at no extra cost. Wow, that was easy. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! Hello, welcome to another Touchy Gunas podcast. My name is Lewis and uh, today I'm joined by two regulars. We've got German Dan and we've got Dr. Leroy. How are you doing, chaps? You need to drop that, man. Like, just, just, just call me Lee or something. No, no, no. Like I said before, mate, you, you didn't do all those years in medical school oh, for me to address you as Leroy. All right, oh, you've got a, you've got a. What, what's that thing Nigerians do? You, you uh, prostrate. No, no, man, no, man. What are you doing? Nodding your head like a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we've got uh, one of our patrons on today. Uh, welcome, Chris. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Nice Fantastic. To be back. Yeah, nice to be back. This is your, it's your second appearance. Um, just uh, while we get on to the patrons, actually, big up all of you lot for supporting Touchy Gooners, and uh, we hope that you're enjoying the content. Chris, I, I hope you are enjoying the bonus content. You, uh, I'm yeah, sure. I'm tuning in, you know, every week, get yeah. a notification. Oh, you got us on notification, yeah, like we're, like we're Zed, like we're Z-R-A-F-C, yeah? <laughs> yeah, you know, just a quick notification, like Touchy Gooners preview, the last nice. one was against 
Liverpool, yeah. yeah. Yeah, obviously I went on that one, so it probably wasn't that uh, enjoyable of a list. <laughs> hey, 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 Lewis is full of himself, man. I don't know what's happened. He's started already, you know. He started already, I don't know, man. So but yeah, big... told him he looked handsome today or something. <laughs> big up all you, all you patrons anyway. If you do want to become a patron, the link is in the bio. As I said, you get, as Chris said, you get extra content and um, just a way to support us and, and what we do, actually. Um uh yeah so actually before we get into the the liverpool game actually i wanted to talk a little bit about um because obviously by the time we record next week the transfer window will be closed right so i'm going to start off with a listener question from twitter actually and it's from uh the ethiopian guy the ethiopian, ethiopian guy you're lucky because i don't think you're a patron mate so you're lucky i'm even reading out your question yeah he says uh are we rushing afc bell if party isn't an uh, arsenal pair because uh come 6th of october what do you reckon guys we, jerusalem we time is cancelled <laughs> it's absolutely cancelled nah nah we, we need to get onto him he, i want him gone like, it depends if he's right if he's, if he's right though what time's the transfer window closed what five o'clock I want him gone by midnight. I, I want his account <laughs> cancelled. Gone. <laughs> Finished. I'm going to be on to him. I'm going to come off private and I'm going to spam him with abuse. It could well be the biggest Pam, online Pam, you've ever seen but, in the, Twitter history. The thing is, don't get he has in. doubled, tripled, quadrupled down. Even today, he's, he's listen, he's adamant. He's apologising, saying, you know, well, I'm sorry, you know, we said Partey wouldn't play again, but... It's, the, it's his use of language that's that's roping me in, man. He's so he's so adamant. Yeah, yeah. Man is telling you to be tranquil and calm and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to Google what tranquil means. I'm like, right. <laughs> but well, what did he say? He said, "God willing, inshallah." Yeah, yeah. Well, he, listen. So we'll see. I'll, I'll do whatever he asks me to do if if, if Partey is uh, is going to be joining us. But yeah, let's um let's get on to more pressing things. So. Uh, on Monday, we had to obviously we had to wait with a whole weekend to play. Um, <clears throat> we, we we had a tough trip to Anfield. I don't think any of us really expected to to win. Um, just looking at the the lineup, um, were you guys a bit surprised that uh, Arteta what, went what I deem to be quite negative, quite conservative? Looked like maybe he was playing for a draw. Um, Chris, I'll start with you because you're um, Patreon, so you're, it's your second time. What what did you think about the way Arteta set up the side? Um, half hour, but it was quite negative, but it's what I expected, you know. It's a trip to Anfield. We're going to be on the back foot, so we anticipated it. And we don't really have, like, the players to really, you know, try and take the game by the scruff of the neck, like, the only change you can make is put Sabayas in for any of the certain midfielders because, you know, you can't trust Saka defensively against the the right-hand side of Liverpool, which is Trent and Salah. Like, we all saw, like, how Cho had him on the ropes a bit. So it's better to play it safe and put Mainland now so we can trust defensively rather than Saka until, like, we have the necessary quality in midfield and up front to really like get the ball to stick or anything like that. You say you say we say you say we can't trust Saka. We can't fucking trust Willian either because he was he was fucking horrendous defensively. So, I mean, maybe we could have done a few things on the day that um, it, just maybe looking in hindsight. But uh, Leroy, would you have set up a little bit differently than Arteta did in in hindsight? Were you happy with the lineup to start? Personally, I would have set up differently, um, and the reason I would have set up differently is. 
Liverpool is one of your Liverpool away is your free game. So Liverpool away, I would use that as you have you've kind of not given up the points, but you you are resigned that you probably not anything here is a bonus. And I would have gone experimental. Um, I would have had a look at your players, and I feel like these type of games tell you about the players you have as a coach. So I, I would have been a little bit more adventurous, but I can understand why Atessa went, went the way he did because we've had two good results against Liverpool, even though the games may not have reflected those results. And I feel like he went for the team of structure. So he went for the team that he thought that would concede the least goals, um, the team that uh, knows his system and knows how we play the best. Obviously, that's why he went with Louise. He went with his um, experienced, trusted players that he's used. Um, and I feel like he went with Elneny for the structure, really, because Ceballos can... He, in a good way, he, he has moments where he breaks structure and creates chaos. And offensively, that's very good. But defensively, that can cause a problem. So I understand why he went the way he did. But like I said, we're probably going to lose a game anyway. Maybe in his mind, he just wanted to keep it respectable and, and keep it relatively tight. But um, me personally, I would have liked to have seen a bit more adventure and I would have liked to have seen a bit more experimentation. So Gabriel, yeah, we'll learn about him. Um, so Bios, I would have started because I think he's really important going forward. Um, Pepe, I, I would have started Pepe over Willian in that game just because of the pace factor because I don't think Willian is particularly quick. Um, Saka, uh, I would have started Saka in that game but in an advanced position because I feel that uh, outside of Aubameyang but who's more of a finisher, Saka is our best end product player. He makes the best decisions and he has the best execution. And I feel like against Liverpool, you're only going to get a few chances a game. So I would trust Saka in that position more than most other people. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I can see why he did it, but I don't agree with it personally. Mm. Uh, Dan, what's your thoughts? Do you, do you echo Leroy's thoughts or have you got a, a different perspective? Yeah, I've got similar um, thoughts to Leroy really. And um, I think uh, I'll take up with this lineup to kind of minimise risk um, minimise um, um, the potential of um, um, uh, yeah, conceding goals early in um, uh, a few of them as well, which has happened um, over the years at Anfield. I think generally, yeah, you said it was conservative. Uh, I didn't quite like that, um, but I get why he went with it. Um, not, not quite. I wouldn't have maybe gone experimental as Leroy, but I think there is a balance. And I think Saka and Ceballos, in my opinion, would have to play this game. Um, I mean, um, for me, they were, I think they were, when I, the more I think thought about the game afterwards, I was like, it, it ha we have to play those two because those are the only two players that um, have um, quality going into the final third that he's utilising at the moment. So really, they have to, one of them has to feature, ideally both. And uh, in a game where we starve with the ball, we, um, we require that bit of quality in those key moments. So if it's just a pass over the top, um, yeah, if Sabaya's if it's at Sabaya's feet, it's more likely that's going to be accurate into into the runner's path than if it's Elneny, and he might even play that pass. Um, so those type of things, I think, make a major difference. And um, I think I think I understand the the the, the considerations about Saka defensively at left wing back. So I would have played Saka right wing probably, but if if he is used as left wing back, I I understand some considerations defensively and. Ainsley Metanaz is very good um, in, in his recovery and, and things, but we were behind the ball most of the game. And when we broke and the ball was with Ainsley Metanaz, I don't think he had the, the desired it's quality terrible. we wanted. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. But it's it was, terrible, mate. It really, his execution was really poor in that game. Mm. Um, 
granted he didn't have many opportunities, but and those I believe Saka has that calmness, the decision making and execution where we can progress situations that maybe not not hundred percent promising at um, at the beginning, but have some sort of promise. Even if it's just a thirty percent chance of getting into getting into the final third or thirty percent chance of breaking successfully here, uh, I trust Saka more than anyone in the squad um, to to make those right decisions or find ways um, to progress us. And really, it's just second to us. So for me, it, it, would, it, would, it would have been essential for them to play. Um, I understand why you maybe didn't want to do Gabriel um, away at Anfield. It's one of them games that. I kind of make or break you um, as a defender, I, I, not not in terms of what you what you're capable of, but in terms of the perception. So this is a game. If he gives away a penalty, that is going to be sticking with him for for a few months, um, and people will use that um, and whenever they analyse this game. So I can't understand why he went with um, the the regulars on this occasion. But going forward, I think we needed more, and we didn't have it on the pitch. Mm. I, I noticed the. Uh, I, I kind of tuned out after the game because. Um... I don't know. I, 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 didn't, I just didn't really want to chat about it, but I noticed a discussion in the group chat um, about the word pragmatism and how it relates to Arteta. And I feel like the word pragmatic has... Ta- I think we have Simeone to blame for this. It has and a negative stigma. It has a negative stigma to it. And, and, and to be honest, we've been the one um, kind of giving the word pragmatic that negative stigma because but, of how we've kind of addressed Simeone's style of football who is we? I think us as a us as a podcast <laughs> us as a fan base I to think. be honest I think because the, the, the word is used wrongly mm-hmm. because yeah. I think people are using pragmatic and defensive um, they're exchanging the words when they shouldn't they're using them mm-hmm. when they shouldn't be so what I don't like personally is overly defensive coaches so for example pragmatism is accepting what you have and doing the best in the situation, which I have no, you want a pragmatic coach. You want someone who's realistic and not idealistic. Defensive is a different story. So someone like, for example, Mourinho, who has spent hundreds of millions on players at Chelsea, um, who has one of the best teams going, who has some of the best players who are camping outside, camping um, outside the 18 yard box. That's ridiculous to me, personally. Simeone, with all the ballers that Atletico have, playing Huesca, I'm probably camped outside their 18-yard box, same thing. That is not pragmatic. That is defensive. That is overly defensive. So I think... Is, is it a brand of pragma- pragmatism, though? No, it's not pragmatism. Right, okay. It's not. Why? I, I don't agree with that at all. Mm. Um, I feel like, like I say, I feel, feel like people are using the wrong. Like, Arteta... So Arteta, in the first few games, he started to play a back four. He started to play how he wanted to play. We actually dominated those games and we got really unlucky with the results. Mm. We dominated Chelsea and Leno made the howler and then we had the um, uh, mm. goal at the end. We dominated United. We dominated Bournemouth, but we were just unlucky. But Arteta was, we're not getting results and we, then he had to think, right, this isn't working. I've got to do what I've got to do, get your points. That's pragmatic. That's, in my opinion, good management. If Arteta, for example, were to get... Just for example, to get party, our, we sold Lacazette, we got, I don't know, another striker, he, he banged out, we moved the Bamiang, we got Zaha, we got everybody. And then Arteta was playing like this mm. against Bournemouth at home. Then that's a different story. Right. That, that's when I'll start to have complaints. But what or, he's if doing, he, or if he was doing it against Burnley, like even with this set of players, if he was doing it against Burnley, Burnley at home. Do you know what? 
I, I, I've got a bit of a different opinion on this type of thing because mm. I personally think our midfield is bottom, apart from Ceballos, especially mm. when like we were saying Shaka and Nenny, Shaka and Nenny to me is bottom five in the Premier League. Yeah. So I feel like Burnley, I feel like Brighton, I feel like all these teams have, are better than them in midfield. So I can understand even against those teams why he would play like this personally. But um, if he's playing like that against, against I don't know, a League Two team in, in the Cup, in a team we're clearly superior and then, then I've got a problem. But yeah, pragmatism's cool for me. It's just I don't like overly defensive football. Do you know, sure. currently I think um, Arteta's not reverting away from, from this setup that he has at the moment, which is one of the reasons why he's going to continue this. Even, I don't know who we play next, Sheffield. I'm guessing it's going to be a similar... Liverpool on Thursday. Liverpool tomorrow okay. and then Sheffield United on Saturday. I'm not sure about if the, if the, if the team will be, um, will be a strong team that he's putting out. So, um, he, I know he says he takes all com- cup competitions serious, but let's, let's see. But against Sheffield, it will be interesting for me to see wh- what he's going to line up with. Um, I'm guessing Sabayas is probably going to be back in because Sabayas and Xhaka was the partnership in midfield. Um, and then apart from that, I think the team kind of picks itself um, over the last couple of months. Um, it will just be interesting to see if we start on the front foot for again, um, to implementing those things that, that, um, it would, uh, that have been synonymous with the site for the last three, four months. Because I think it was a very different performance versus, versus Liverpool to, to what we usually do. We, mm. Even against Chelsea, even against, I think, I think City maybe is the closest thing to it. But even against City, we were much better in our pressing. And, um, our, and we had two players injured in the first 20 minutes or so as well. I mean, I was talking about Louise, um, yeah. the Cup mm. game. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about those games. But um, I think he's, he doesn't want to go away from it too tough and until he has his final squad. So he knows who's going to be in the team and um, who, who he's going to count on next year. So that was, that was going to give us a better indication of when the transfer window is closed, what is, gonna, what is his next lineup going to be? Um, because that will really tell us what, what kind of coach he is or give us an indication at least. So for mm. now, I think he's going to kind of stick with this. And mm. this whole pragmatism and um, defensive thing is, is, is interesting because um, I, I agree with Leroy. And I do think that Atta will still be pragmatic coach because that's him um, even with better players but um, a brand of football will not be defensive I believe so you can be pragmatic and forward thinking and, and play offensive football I think club in my opinion is quite a pragmatic coach so he, he bases his team based on the players he has but he has he has a he has a base philosophy that is um, based on um, winning the ball and scoring from winning the ball and um, I think his team at Liverpool is, is quite different to the way his team at Dortmund played. And that is down to having someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back and then having um, getting someone like Robinson at left back. And then his midfield is, um, is, is, a different, is a different kind of proposition to what it was at Dortmund. So he is flexible and he bases, bases his teams on who, who, who they recruit and um, he has a ground idea. And I think this is pragmatic. Um, and he, I also think a lot of pragmatic coaches like having small adaptations to their, to their game plan. So again, with the idolist uh, Wenger, uh, a lot of times would not really change his game plan, no matter if it's home or away. Um, we're, playing, we're playing our way and we try and, we try and force our way on teams. So um, I, think, I think you can be an offensive and pragmatic coach. It's just um, defensive and pragmatic is, is ugly, uh, especially when you have quality. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, we are, we are playing quite ugly football at the moment, I would say. Um, I can't yes. lie. And very one-sided. Very, very one-sided, very one-sided. Let's talk um, a little bit about the game itself then. So, um, 
I mean, we, we, we were up against it from the start. I, I think I noticed about a minute in, I was just thinking, fucking hell, man, Liverpool looked bang on it today. Like, it was a different Liverpool to what we had played against. In they the, were quality, innit? They were, they, that was the best I've seen Liverpool play for a while. And I'm not just saying that because they, they slapped us. I feel like that performance from Liverpool was one of the most um, complete performances I've seen from them since, uh, since the whole COVID outbreak. I really thought they were fantastic. And I noticed from a minute in, I thought, yeah, we're going to be in big trouble today because you could just tell Mane was, Mane was fantastic. Mane was fantastic. Well, they had a point to prove because obviously we've we've beat them in the last two games. We've beat them in the league where we probably got a bit lucky because they made their own mistakes. Um, obviously, we lifted the cup um, even though in both of those games, I felt like they were dominant in both of those games anyway. Um, but they obviously think, ah, oh, this team should be beating us. We can't be beaten by bums like that. So they, they, they came out on smoke. Mm. It happens, in it? it? Even though they came out on smoke, we took the lead through one of our... It was one of the first times Xhaka actually managed to play the ball forward quickly and we managed to retain it, play it quickly and all of a sudden we got, we got in and Lacazette got a bit fortuitous with, with the finish. You know, I think that's, we're going to talk about Lacazette anyway and, and his, his finishing because his finishing just really doesn't convince anyone at the moment. But um, we, t- we took the lead and it was a, it was, it was a, Pretty decent goal. I mean, it took, it, we had a few bits of luck. I think the Maitland-Niles cross was pretty bad and it got oh, deflected yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, but um, what, what did you guys think of the goal? I'll, I'll go to you, Chris, to, to start with the goal. It wasn't. It was a scrappy goal. It wasn't particularly great, but we were lucky. But it is what it is. You take what you can get. Like, our whole approach to the game, like, very, like, let's say, defensive approach to the game, meant that that was the kind of thing we were looking for and hoping for, especially the way like Liverpool were playing and were hounding us in. Like We needed a bit of luck just to get a chance to break forward and you know really do anything. So I wasn't overly like, happy or sad. I was just kind of like, okay, that happened. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Yeah. It it would have been, I mean, then the typical Arsenal thing has happened of like what we've... This isn't. This is uh, something that's been going on for quite a while, and, and it's a particular issue under Arteta is that we struggle to hold on to leads. I think we've we've had like, is it is it the most lead points drops from leads in the in the in the Premier League since Arteta's come in? I think I saw a stat like that. Something yeah. something along those lines. And you know, when you go one nil up at Old Trafford, um, at Old Trafford at Anfield, sorry you want to hold the lead for more than three minutes or whatever it was. And um, we, uh, <laughs> where do we even start with this goal? So, so what did you guys think of Tierney on the day, actually? What did you guys think of Tierney? Because uh, to me, he looked like he was really struggling. He was struggling, man. But was, it, but was he struggling? Was he struggling because he couldn't? What I'm trying to say, did, did he look unfit to you? 
Nah, I just feel like he, he he couldn't really live with Salah on a day, man. And I don't think that's a shame on most defenders. If you if Salah gets a yard on you and he gets the right position on you, you're finished. I don't care who you are. What no fullback can cope with that. No fullback can cope with that. My my problem was I felt that in this situation he was isolated a bit too much against Salah, because where we've got joy with our um, defending of those type of players is where we've crowded them out in bunches mm. and when we've had um, bubbled up kind um, of thing. Yeah, that the Asian men now pushing them into 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 players or into into crowds or using the um, the touchline as an extra man and then Asian men on that now pushes them into Tierney. I felt too many times they managed to get. Um, Salah isolated 1v1 and he, he kills anybody like, I don't care who you are there's no left back on the planet in my opinion that can control Salah 1v1 over and over again if you're isolated that many times against him so I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with Tierney to be honest personally The thing is I think that's the first time I've seen Tierney really um, up against it against someone and um, I, he just come back from, from an injury but um, I don't think he looked um, he, he looked like he was in pain or anything like that I just didn't mm. he didn't look sharp but then he didn't look sharp in comparison to Salah, who looked super sharp. And um, he had a very good game. And I think the very, the very big difference here was as well, and compared to what Leroy said as well, we, man- we managed to crowd people out, or very dangerous players out in white areas. It was that Liverpool were very sharp in their passing. When the ball goes to Trent, the ball's flying to Salah. And also Van Dijk hits, hits Salah early quite often. So um, they went vertical a lot of times with, with, with good accuracy. And um, that, that is quality and um, it's hard to defend that when the recipient then of the ball is also a, a very strong, fast and sharp player. And um, I think ultimately on that, on that day, Salah just had his number mm. um, and he, he, got, he got in, what for the goal, he got inside on, it, uh, on him a bit too easy. I think Tierney's body position was probably wrong, but it's, again, we're play, he playing, he's playing against one of the best players in the world. We've won best fans in the league. I think it happens at a quick pace. And it was it was difficult for him to kinda to kinda prevent it. So and then obviously Salah Pam the shot, Lenos Leno kinda spilled it. Um, hey, let's talk about your boy. Let's talk about your German boy. Let's talk yeah. about your your Hagen Dars boy, yeah. <laughs> Hagen Dars is American. He's Hagen Dars wrist. Let's talk about Leno because um I've got a few concerns and that's, and I'm not trying to say that Leno isn't a good goalkeeper. I'm a big Leno fan and um, <clears throat> I've got a few concerns that keep popping up and it's yeah. high profile errors in, in big games. We've seen, I think, I think one of his first ever errors was actually against Liverpool at the Emirates a few years ago. Um, if I remember rightly, um, he's had a, an error against Chelsea, error against Spurs um, I'm sure there's a few more in there that I, I, can't, I can't really remember. And I think what we're going to be guilty of now is making these comparisons to a goalkeeper that we've just sold who was on great form and not making these errors. And I just wanted to know you guys' thoughts on, are you, are you having second thoughts about um, selling Martinez? Or, or do you think that we've made the right decision and... You know, Leno is still a very, very good goalkeeper, and um, we we made our bed now. We just got to lay in it. We, we made the right decision. Um, the interest was there for Martinez. Um, granted, he is grateful. He wasn't grateful. I think he's also a great goalkeeper. Um, the interest was there for him. Um, he didn't want to. He, I think they said you and Leno fight for the number one spot. He didn't want to do that. 
So the club's hands are tied in this case. When he says, no, I don't want to do that. I want you to give me the number spot, one spot. It doesn't work like that. And it doesn't go against, it goes against what Atara also said about people competing for spots. Um, so the interest there, good to sell. Um, I have similar con um, considerations when it comes to Leno about um, his high profile errors and um, not really coming for crosses. And those are um, and effectively um, the Martinez's strengths. Um, but then going and playing for, with his feet. Playing with his feet. I think, I think the playing with his feet thing, I, I think it's not as, as, um, as bad as people make out to be, to be honest. Um, but I, I see what I see why people make that point. But um, do you not uh, think we struggled to build out yesterday because um, against Liverpool because Leno was just overhitting passes. He the, the players didn't seem to be comfortable with him playing, you think, know, to think, his feet. I think um, it, so. It was a combination of him not hitting the the players wide. Granted, he definitely didn't hit Tierney and um, Bellerin when he was going wide for them. But he's passing the ball to um, to Elneny and Jacka. Under pressure at Enfield, I don't expect much to be honest. Um, I don't think it would have been much different in Martinez's place to them too. I think the only one that was that was also in this game again was decent with the ball when receiving it deep. Um, apart from a few niggles, it was Lee's really so, and that's the only capable one. Um, um, got, um in the back, so um, I think I think where things balance each other out is where if we want to move forward as a football club, we we'll move a line higher, and um, Leno has. He's, he's absolutely unreal at coming out um, for for um, for balls when they come over the top, and he's very good in one v ones. He's super quick coming off his line and makes he makes himself very good and big in, in those situations. And we have not seen this Marti Martinez do this, and I don't think Martinez is capable of this. So whilst Martinez in this setup now probably is a better fit for what people envision of think we were going to go do going forward, I think Leno's is a better is a better fit. Um, I, I remember a few games where I thought Martinez should have come off his line quicker, but he doesn't. That's not what he does. And I think he's in a, in a virtually a better goalkeeper in a, in a more defensive setup, like we played against Liverpool. And we, we've played for a lot of the big games in the last um, four or five months. And um, it was a good fit. But going forward, I, I believe Leno's profile and their skills fit us better. Um, he still has those weaknesses that he has. But I think I'll just find goalkeepers funny. I, I remember when you said, oh, Leno mistake Martinez ain't doing that he did the same mistake in the game like literally an hour before so um oh you're on mute I, did, I didn't see it didn't see uh, it yeah but I, I just, so it it didn't just count. If, I, if I didn't see it didn't happen <laughs> he, he, he did the same mistake so mm. um not no excuses for Leno he has to improve on I think on claiming crosses for sure yeah something that's, that's an area we can 100% improve on um, and um, it, will, it will eradicate a lot of the mistakes and nervousness that sometimes come from set pieces, which stem from him, to be honest. But I think he also has super qualities, which um, which which uh, which we will be able to show this season. It's going to be a tireless thing, though, because whenever he makes a mistake, it's going to go to Martinez, and um, and when Martinez makes a mistake, people are not going to talk about it. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. What 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 did you guys think of of Leno? Lira, I'll go to you. Have you any concerns uh, about uh, Leno? Nah, no no concerns. So he looks a little bit nervous at the moment, which is fine. But I think Leno has shown us over the last two years that he's a very good goalkeeper. Um, he's been relatively consistent over the last two years as well. Um, against Liverpool, playing out from the back is very difficult because they make you second guess yourself by the way they press you or the way they stand and the way they approach the position because they literally flooded our half. They were literally had so many players within our 18-yard line because we were trying to play out. 
And when that happens, it makes you second guess yourself. So even as a defender, it makes you second guess yourself in your past. And I feel like that's what was happening with Leno. So um, yeah, he's made some high profile mistakes, but he's bailed us out at the same time too. I still think he's a very good goalkeeper and it's not a massive concern to me. I don't think, oh gosh, we've, we, we need to buy a new goalkeeper or we sold the wrong man. So yeah, I don't think it's a big enough deal for me to worry about. I'm more worried about what's happening in midfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the second goal, obviously, um, I can't even remember the second goal. I feel like I've blanked it out. What the hell happened? Robertson scored, oh, Robinson, right? Robin, Robertson. So, and I feel like Holden was was to blame, and I can't... Nah, no, no, it wasn't Holden. It was William. It was William, right? William. This was the William one, yeah? Where the ball's gone back stick, and William's just sort of trotting sleeping. He's sleeping. fucking... Donut, bruv. Oh my days. I, the thing is that people were trying to blame Bellerin, and I get why people were saying, oh, he got sucked in, right? But he, he has to kind of cover Mane because he has to. Only, yeah, he has to cover Mane there. So he needs his he needs his right winger to help him out here. That's and nothing to do with Bellerin. Yeah, no. I, I wanted to make sure that people don't give Bellerin the stick here because he had to cover Mane there. If Mane scores, people blame Bellerin and mm. they try to blame him now for Robertson scoring. No, it's Willian. Willian had a poor game. Um, defensively and offensively. No chinchilla, coat, no nothing. Yeah. Someone said he looks like Bubs from The Wire. <laughs> that someone is you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You're right. <laughs> the thing is, William's worrying me because this is why I was, I've voiced so many concerns about the signing. Like, everyone was saying about William, like, it's a good signing. He, Chelsea fans hated him. They wanted him gone. Chelsea fans hate everyone who is black. Well, okay, that's true. Very, very true. That's, that's but they hated him anyway because he's so inconsistent. So he can be quite creative, yes, but he has too many down games. And he's only going to get worse at 32 years old. So I just think, uh, it was. I, I understand we needed it because it was free and stuff. But, I mean, it's Tweedledee and Tweedledum for our right wing, bruv. Because it's either him or oh. and it's like... Aye. It's, it, Aye. It, it's just a poor, it's a poor choice. It's poor it's option. We're going to have to upgrade on them next year. That's what's funny. Both of them. Saka this year, right? We've got to play just Saka then this year, man. I don't like Saka from the right wing. I don't think he's effective. Neither do I, Neither do I bro. But you could play. I think. I think there's something. I think playing Saka from the left, um, would probably bring the best more out. Let me not say the best out of Pepe because I don't even know what the best of Pepe is. But I think playing Saka from the left would hold bring. On, hold on. How we find a new scenarios to bring the best out of Pepe again? Well, this is un- we've started a new series, haven't we? Unlocking Pepe. This is this is what we need to do. If you, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna utilize a 72 million pound signing, these are the things that you have to do. Man United fans will be able to tell us, won't they? Let me, they, they let me the Pogba, so we can take lessons <laughs> from them. But I think I think Saka is probably our most natural winger, right? So if you play Saka from the left, you put Obra up front, and you play um you you get Pepe to do that kind of we we do the same patterns. But on the other side to Pepe, we try and get Pepe in those isolated moments like we do with Oba. Obviously, Pepe is not going to be as good in those decisive moments. But I think maybe that's something we could look at. Um, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen because he doesn't want Oba up front. That, that, that would have been something I would have done yesterday, um, on Monday. I don't, think, I don't think there was any reason for Lacazette. I know he scored. but <clears throat> and, and, and it seems weird to say that Lacazette got, um, is it three and three? Yeah, yeah three three. Three. It seems, but he's been he's been bollocks. Yeah, he's, he's been shocking. Yeah. He's he's not been good. Like there was, I didn't see the point of him playing. Should have two, three, he should have two three goals more. Right, let me go on my rant about Lacazette because I <laughs> in the group chat I was furious. Nah, was, I was 
I wasn't. I wasn't even you were, angry. You were livid. You were livid. I weren't even angry at the second one. I was more angry at the first one because I'm thinking, yeah, you you're at Anfield. We've had we we had like four shots all game, right? We had four shots all game. You've been put through. Fine. You think you're offside. Put the ball in the fucking goal. You don't know with all this VAR shit. Yeah, you you just have no idea. You have no idea, and. It was so obvious to me that when he went through for the second one, because of the lethargic nature that he took his first opportunity with, where he just went for that stupid chip, like he's fucking, sh- like he's scared of Allison. I think he's fucking scared of Allison. I think that's what it was. He's fucking petrified of Allison, and um, you could just tell from the second one that he wasn't going to slot that away. He wasn't going to slot that away. He had no confidence in himself, and I was not surprised at all when the second one. You're clean through on goal. What are you doing? What What is that? What is that? Seriously, the first touch is horrendous again. It's confidence. He's got no confidence. He's got no confidence. Even but The thing is, you say he's got three and three, but he hasn't played particularly well. And we know he's not played particularly well. He probably knows he's not played particularly well. It's a confidence issue. And that's that's really it. I think that's shit, man. Fucking hell. We need to get rid. Fucking hell, man. He's got his confidence drained out of him. Massively, I still think you'll bang in certain countries, you know. Now, yeah, fucking Saudi Arabia or something like that, mate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Holland is a machine, bruv. I just saw that goal anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I just feel like, yeah, he'll, he'll probably slap in Italy or Spain, but he just doesn't have the athleticism required to bang in, in against Premier League teams, especially teams like Liverpool. Striking technique is awful, though, Leroy. It never used to be, though. It never used to be. But I, it's I been that way for a while, man. Like, like, when was the last time you saw like, all right, except for the Spurs one, which he absolutely pammed it, and he was even surprised it went in. When was the last time you saw Laka score like a clean finish? It's it's because like he doesn't get his shots away. Like he's a low shot striker, and a lot of that is because he of his type the type of striker he is, and he likes to look for the perfect shot. But a lot of that is because he hasn't got the that burst that you need to get his shots off, and that's so important. So mm. over in his same positions at Lacazette, he can get so many more shots off than Lacazette does, simply because of his athleticism. Um, so yeah, and touch, yeah, the first touch. I can't remember last time I saw a good Lacazette first touch. Seriously, just disappeared because of during the prem. Like he does, he's not, he's not making space for himself. Nothing. So it's like there's always someone next to him. He's always under pressure, thinking I have to take this perfectly, otherwise I'm not getting a shot off. I'm getting nothing off. It's like perfect or nothing. So. It's gonna get worse. It's like it compounds. Mm. You know, do you know what? I don't want to go too hard on Lacazette. No, let's uh, go fucking hard, mate. I think you always got to try and find a balance with your <laughs> What balance is there to be had? He was sh- he shit. The we should be Lacazette, selling him. We should hundred percent be yeah, selling him. No, no, no. Of course, I, I definitely agree with that. But the thing with Lacazette for me is, I think if I if I look at, I think Lacazette used to be an emphatic finisher. And uh, I very much agree with what Leo say. It takes it takes a bit too long. I think his shooting motion is too slow, and I mm, think he doesn't... you can see it. You can just see him winding up and his oh, motion. And uh, you he don't plant his foot well either. He doesn't. He gets rushed in his finishes. Doesn't hit it well. When he does hit it well, he pams it in it. So and he, but it doesn't happen often. And he and we. I don't think he gets in a lot of position where he can. He can. He can exercise the finishes that or the finish that he wants to do. And very much differently to him, Aubameyang. Of course, we've seen him do the um, open up the body, um, top left and um, top right, and finish a couple of times. But Aubameyang is a much, much, much more inventive finisher, much more instinctive finisher. Different variety of finishes outside of the boot, first touch, um, on his left foot. Lacazette really, he goes on his right foot and he and he, and he hits a, 
and Jeremy hit and hope. That. Yeah, it, it it does have a good shooting technique. It just it doesn't have it doesn't have the minerals to to exercise it consistently um, in the Premier League. And I, I I think it's too quick. The shooting motion is too slow. It's too slow of a shooting motion. And he he needs a different variety of finishes. Now, granted, I've not seen him do many different finishes for Arsenal. But so same goal all over, all over again, same type of finish. To sell, we need to buy him, man. Someone needs to want to buy him, and no one wants to buy him. So mm. you, you never know in the last week of the window, man. Well, Things happen. Things happen. We didn't I, think I don't think Mateta wants to sell him without getting a replacement. And I don't think he wants to sell him anyway because he doesn't want too much up here. There's a lot of talk about... Ed- well, not a lot of talk, but, I mean, there's been consistent talk about Edward, hasn't he? And he still hasn't left. But then I can see Arteta really vetoing that because we that means we've changed a lot of players. Mm. players in one summer and he probably I don't think he's happy with Lacazette though I don't think he's happy I don't he can't be I don't think so but he he, he said he said he he had a great game and he (laughs) and he said he had a great game Arteta's a liar man he says Ozil's out of the team for football reasons so Uh, yeah he's definitely lying (laughs) yeah do you you guys feel like it's um, that it's a bit uh, with Eddie do you feel because he's a bit hard done by that he's not in the team? Because obviously Eddie had like a decent uh, end to the season last year where he was practically our main striker, right? So do you think it's been a bit tough on him that he hasn't been given a nod, especially after scoring against um, Leicester and playing quite well on top of that as well? So we're not just talking about the goals. I know Laka has scored two and two in the Premier League and it might have been a bit harsher dropping, but I feel like... Eddie has stated his case now to start. And if we're not going to play at Ober up front, I think Eddie has to be the guy now. See, uh, for me, I, f- I, f- I feel I-, I like Eddie and I, and I rate him. Um, I do think, though, that even though it's not the greatest partnership, Lacazette and Aubameyang have a, have a way of playing with each other. So, they, uh, when was the last time we saw that, though? I think, I think Lacazette, even though Lacazette has a lot of deficiencies and he doesn't do the things well, that we'd like him to do, like scoring goals, even though he's got three and three, weirdly. That dropping into the 10 role and getting the ball, even though he doesn't do it to a great standard, I think he still does it to a better quality standard than Nketiah. So, do we need that? Yes, for, for the way we play, is absolutely essential. The boy has to go into Lacazette and then Aubameyang. And, and In every game, do we need that? This is how we play right now. Atat has to change the way we play in, in, order, in order for that to, um, to, for him to be redundant. Um, I think we can still work with Eddie. Um, when we go against Sheffield, I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie starts because we probably would try to press them. But in a game where we're looking to counter-attack, the ball has to stick somewhere. And the ball has to go somewhere and then be, be then going to the, to, the, to, the, um, to the danger zone. So really, it's always going into Lacazette, at least dropping it, at least um, laying it off or turning and then going wide. That's, that's literally all he tries to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of times he backs, it, backs into the centre-back and that's that's um, and wins a free kick or tries to win a free kick or gives a free kick away. It doesn't but, work but, all the time, but the, he does it better than Eddie. Eddie and that's the, the best way. Who would you say the best character attacking team in the Premier League are? Man United. I think I think as I think as United, yeah, United. Is but they, so they don't they don't play with focal point. They play completely different. They have they have passes in the in the in the in the midfield. Final final passes as well. Bruno Fernandes, all he does is look for the final ball every time. Pogba. He has a final ball. And but I'm just talking about if you're playing on the transition. Yeah. I don't think you need, I don't think you need Lacazette. I, he doesn't help with the counter-attacks. I really don't think he helps at all. He, I, think, 
he uh, doesn't join in with it. He can't even keep up with the counter attack. So I would disagree. I think it, I think the system is designed for him to drop deep and them to go behind. For example, if you compare it to United, they have three players who are all capable of carrying the ball. I mean, Aubameyang can carry the ball to some degree, but he, he can't dribble like any of the front three of United. So United, it's a different it's a different setup. Even though it's counter attacking, it's a different setup based on the skills they have, and they have very they have two very capable and one at the, at the moment is. <laughs> Pogba is doing a mazine at the moment, but they have two capable passes in midfield that can find those, those three up front. And it's three capable goal scorers. For us, it's one. It's Aubameyang. So, hence why the set of the attack is completely different, I think. And then I get why, like I said, it's playing the way he's played, always been played the way he's played. But I think it's, it's on attack to kind of change that setup ever so slightly and, and um, to basically make Lacazette redundant. I hope it will happen when we have the two midfields. If we have Partey and Awa midfield, surely that gives us a different kind of setup or capabilities in, on the counter attack than it has right now. So I'm hopeful for that. But yeah. Mm. Um, any any more points of the game that you guys want to address before we we move on to other things? I, I mean, we could talk a little bit about the third goal, but I thought I thought Martin I, um, I thought Leno was at fault for. One thing I want to address, I want to address, mm. is Granite Shaka. Mm. Because oh yeah, Granite, yeah, that's a big thing. Granite really. Shaka is becoming a bit of a, a polarizing figure. Well, he always has been, but I feel like there are two camps: the camp that absolutely loves Shaka and think he's one underrated and one of the best midfielders in the league, which I think is mad, and the, the people who want him out of the team. This is a perfect example of how limited Shaka is because Liverpool targeted Shaka from minute one. So um, we had a talk in a touchline group chat about Elneny versus Shaka in this game because Elneny had like a 94% pass completion yeah. and um, Shaka had a 62% pass completion. I couldn't get into it because I was a bit busy, but they targeted Shaka. They left Elneny alone. They didn't even bother pressing him. They know he can't hurt Because he can't him. hurt us. Yeah. They pressed the shit out of Shaka from minute one. Mm. One, it shows how limited he is because he couldn't, that's why he couldn't really play out and play forward. And the only one time he did, he actually passed the ball into Aubameyang, I mean, to Lacazette, which, caused, which sorted the goal. But yeah, they know on any can't hurt you, so he passed backwards and sideways. And even if he passes forward, he's not going to do much. But we need people who can play under pressure. And Jorginho? No, fam, fuck that. <laughs> Liverpool knew that. And the thing is, Liverpool knew that. And that's, that's all they did. And that's why we literally couldn't play out. Shaka and Onani, even neither of them could find a forward pass. We actually, at the beginning, we actually defended okay. It's okay if you're going to defend like that, but you need an outball because you need to retain a threat to the other team. Yeah. Because we couldn't play out from midfield, we couldn't retain a threat to the other team, especially because we had the two midfielders against the three Liverpool midfielders who ran us ragged in there. Um, so... If anything, any game is an example of why we need to move a great away from Granite Xhaka, this is one of them. Mm. Do, do, do you know what I thought was a um, not not that I like talking about Emery games, but I felt like um, we could have done with. Um, remember the game last year at Anfield um, where uh, I think we lost three one again, and I think the first half we started quite well, and you know we left Pepe and Aubameyang up front. And we were just sort of hitting long balls. I feel like that would have been a more effective tactic to deploy in, in this game. So um, I, I, I feel like if you looked at a lot of our long balls, they weren't accurate because we were under so much pressure. Mm. I feel like... But, but was it because we only had one person to hit though? We were, the only person you can hit with a long ball is Oba. 
Yeah, but even then, like... At least if you go into channels, because Pepe was getting... I, I, I Listen, I know, listen, we, we can talk about Pepe, but <laughs> Pepe was getting a lot of joy in that first half at Anfield where we put it into channels. Mm. And if you isolate any winger, mm. even as someone as crap as Pepe... Yeah? This is true, it's true. It's, he's going to stand a fairly times. good chance yeah. well, of, of beating Not William, way. though, because... No, but, but William doesn't play that way. William, William wants know. to occupy inside spaces. He's not looking for balls into channels and well, stuff. Again, that's, that's not... why I agree. Pepe should have played instead of William. Really. I think Arteta fell into the trap with William of, okay, he's old, he's experienced, he's been here before, he's, he, he knows tactically what to do. But <laughs> we showed with the second goal, he, were, he completely switched off and, and cool. offered next to nothing in possession of the football. But yeah, just going back to um just going back to Xhaka, um, did you guys find it interesting at all that he was the one to be hooked? Now I I, I know he was being targeted and it probably was the right decision to hook Xhaka. But um do you think this has now changed the landscape of things or is this too much to look into things in terms of Xhaka's place in the side? I think it's too much to look into it. I I feel like it was literally because he was the main target of Liverpool's press and he was a big part of why we couldn't play out. And you see it, how much better we played when Sabahs was on the pitch. It's because Sabahs could play through a little bit of pressure. And um, we saw it in a couple of occasions where he even was dribbling through people and actually making passes and looking forward. So um, I feel like it was purely tactical on the day, the reason he took Shaka out, because he seems to like him quite a lot. Not that I know why, because uh, he's so, so limited. But um, obviously, he's, he's the best midfielder we've got at the moment, apart from Zabaos. So that's why he plays all the time. Mm. Probably yeah. the best defensive midfielder we've got, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with Lira. I think Ateta realised that Xhaka's struggling a lot. They're targeting him and he thought, i got to kind of, i got to take him off here. Um, so that's that's why he did that. And um, the Sabaya substitution and then inadvertently what he was able to do on, on the pitch while he was on really showed me that if we have more threads, we can hurt a lot of teams. We didn't have enough threads. No. Tobias was um he was inventive when he came on and um he got like I said in on what twi- two occasions, right? Two occasions. And, um, Another pass have... to Eddie, which was like yeah. oh, just Eight. off. But if you just have one or two more capable threats on the pitch, we could be we could be um I think a, a very good footballing outfit, but it just wasn't quite enough because Liverpool no matter how good they were, they were vulnerable as well. It mm. was just we weren't at we weren't able to exploit their vulnerabilities due to our lack of quality. So a lack of quality will do us a world of good, uh, for sure, for sure. Sure. Uh, right, let's let's do some listeners' questions then before we wrap things up. So um, I'll start with the patrons first. Uh, Chris.Dede, he asks, uh, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter following a Liverpool game from fans who say Arteta is too pragmatic. Would the panel class... At- All right, so we've done this. Arteta- would... Would the panel class Arteta as a pragmatic manager? If so, are they satisfied with the style of play, not necessarily the performance? So we covered this kind of in in the first. Well, we did cover it in the in the first you know fifteen minutes of the pod. So I hope that answers your question, Chris. Um, Sasha, uh, okay, uh, right, she's asking about a million questions. Right, let's. Okay, here. So, so Lira, this is going on from your point actually. Sasha asks, I'm curious, how many teams? do you say have better midfield than Arsenal? She says she has seven or eight. Lira, you said you reckon Arsenal would be in the bottom 
five. Um, I think it's terrible. I think our midfielders, and it's not even that. So our midfielders, some of the things they do, they can do to a decent level that are better than most teams. But I'm looking at the all-round package of the attributes we have, the blend of midfielders we have, and how much they can do. And all our midfielders, including Sabaos, are limited. Sabaos is by far and away the best midfielder, but we don't really own him. Um, but I feel like if you look at, okay, compare Villa were relegation for the last season. I think Villa's midfield pisses all over us. All mm-hmm. over it. So, wait, what was their midfield? Douglas, Louise, Barclay and Grealish could play there. Pisses all over it. Mm. They'd all start for us, is not it? <laughs> the whole midfield will start for us. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, okay, so. Let's let's McGinn look, let's, is good. McGinn let's, let's, is. Pick, let's pick Brighton. I think um, Basuma will start for us. I think Alzate is a baller. I think he'll start for us. Yeah. Who else they got in their midfield? Um, I'm just trying to get up the midfield. Lalana. I know they've got proper gross Lalana. Yeah, Lalana. Yeah, Brighton have got uh, Pascal Gross. Gross. Davi Propa. He's all right as well. Yeah. Um, right. Either way, I think but, but, but we got a better, better midfield than Burnley. Hundred percent. Who's his theirs? Cork. Uh, Cork. Westwood and Brownhill. All right, no, we we we're better than Burnley. Slightly. Yeah, I think we got a better midfield than Crystal Palace. Who's, who's Crystal Palace? The, the, the two Macarthur's and and Miljojevic. It's close. It's close. Nice. <laughs> it's not close. No, Shaka and Olneni. No, no, no. Okay, okay. But but forget, forget Olneni. Forget Olneni. Put some. Nah, but we started Shaka and Olneni. We have to talk about Shaka and Olneni. All right. Yeah, but we but, started Shaka and Olneni. Our best midfield. Yeah, I'm, we have to start Shaka on any but it's, it's not. It's not it's on 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 the day. Yeah, fine, I would agree. But when Sabaos comes on, we have a better midfield than Palace. Just Everton are better Palace than us. Else. Fulham aren't as good as us. Fulham, oh, yeah, Fulham are dead. Yeah, Fulham are terrible. Leeds. Um, I, I don't rate them. When they when they have two songs, Oof. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that geezer. Sounds Phillips, a bit too uh, French for me. Calvin Phillips, I don't rate him like everyone else does. Mm. I don't rate him that much as well. Yeah. Le- Leicester, what about Leicester's midfield? Better than us. Yeah, better. Yeah, better than us. But Tillemans is very overrated, man. Yeah, he is. He is. All right, all right. Big up Dan. Me and you. Sabayas would be Leicester's best midfielder, though. He would be. him and Madison is a toss up. You class Madison the centre midfielder? He plays centre midfield. For them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Newcastle. Yeah, we got a better midfield than Newcastle. Who they got? Uh, midfield. Shelvin Longstaff. Hey, I don't know. You know. That's, that's <laughs> close. <laughs> close. <laughs> well, and Jeff Hendrick. It is closer than we think. <laughs> we have no athleticism and Shelvin is great. the bald. Is is Shelvin is the bald jacker? Hey, allow it. Shelby is Shelby pisses on Saka. Shelby Saka cannot lace Shelby's boots. Shelby is a baller compared to Shaka. I'm telling you. Why is he always playing for a so team? So serious as well. Relegation zone. Then. I'm so serious, fam. Sheffield United. Uh, Jack well, Jack Rodwell on them. Well, John Fleck is good, you know. John Fleck is good. Right, yeah. Fleck is a baller still, yeah. But mm. I don't really watch him. And Ollie Norwood. Ollie Norwood's quite good. Yeah, well, who knows? Um, Southampton. Okay, let's say who's better, but. A lot of these midfields, even if they're not better, they'll outcompete us. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll it's, win it's, a midfield battle against it's us. It's close, yeah. yeah like, Chris, like Chris said, it's the physicality, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, okay. Uh, all right. Let's go to another question then. Um, so Tommy Ajay one asks, uh, talk of Rudy Nelson going out alone. Which of the clubs he's linked with is most likely flourish to do the best with? So I, I haven't actually seen who he's been linked with. Is um, Burnley, is... Southampton. Yeah. Chris, what do you I think? Guess... Who, would, who would you think is the best option out of out of those loan? Southampton, most likely. Would, would he even play for right Southampton there? though? No, I'm looking at Southampton's team. Would he play? For, they play Gianepo and Redmond, right, on the wings. I don't want him to go and be a bench boy because he might as well stay. Because mm. he said Nicky Minaj or Kendrick Lamar, bro. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where he's gonna go, man. But I, I would like him to go Fulham because I think he'll play at Fulham. Is he linked to Fulham? Yeah, I think he I is. Think yeah, he'll pop up still. Mm. I need to find the, the the Ornstein tweet from this morning, man. Oh, Ornstein tweeted about Nelson this morning. Mm. I think it was Ornstein, wasn't it? I think it was. You know, I think I haven't seen anything. He was I haven't seen about Nelson not tweeting, but he was talking about Nelson and Guendouzi on his podcast. Okay, but Brighton and Palace. Yeah, so Brighton, Burnley, Crystal Palace, and Southampton. Okay, Brighton, Burnley. Palace. I wouldn't want him to go to because they got Eze and Zaha. Brightly, Brighton, Burnley. Brighton, Brighton, I don't think he starts. No, Brighton, I don't think he starts. Because they got to, because Burnley. we spoke about this last week. Because and they they start Trossard and Mopey. Uh, um, Burnley. Yeah, Burnley would play, wouldn't he? Burnley. They got McNeil really playing that football. It's like it's nah, nah, sending nah, to nah, the nah, trenches. Nah, like nah, you nah, see, nah, even Burnley, seen, man. Yeah, it's another it's another pure hey, thing. Why you why do you want to send them cunt, man? What the fuck? <laughs> 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 to 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 fulfill f- f- Sean Dyche's f- ethnical uh, ethnic quotas. <laughs> they still have Lennon up there. Like, that's I don't even think they got Lennon. They haven't got Lennon anymore. Hey, it will come with his dreads and come in sort of like it's just, it's just and he'll be banished. But he'll be banished just, in boots. Nah, I don't really feel that. Still, it's just him and McNeil. It'll just be him and McNeil just uh, repping it. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. Out of those options, then I would have said. God, there is this isn't not great, is it? I don't think I, I think Southampton is probably the best bet, but I still don't think mm. he'll play. And but the thing is, we've got to send him there because if he doesn't play, we he's know he's going to play here, isn't it? So. He ain't going to play here. He's not good enough. So let's... and he, and he needs to to be honest. And even if he's got a better chance of breaking in at Southampton than here, isn't it? So yeah. if he doesn't break in at Southampton, then we kind of just got to cut our losses anyway, don't we? And just yes. be like, well, Logan, yeah. Well, we um, need to be putting loads of clauses in that deal, loads of penalties, like minutes and mm. loads of stipulations. Like the Eddie deal, because he will probably come back in January, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shamark uh, says, Ornstein has said on numerous occasions that we have alternatives for Partey. Who do you think those might uh, be? Jorginho. Uh. Oh. But let's talk about that, because I don't understand that. Scary, Why would that be an alternative to Partey? Why, can anyone think or other than the fact that they both play centre midfield um, and they're the same age, um, why would that be an alternative? They're the same age? I thought Jorginho was way older. No, Jorginho's about 28. Is he? I think. I might be wrong. I think he's 29. Partey's 27. Okay. Well, I think that link is scary. Initially, no, Jorginho's thought... 28. Jorginho's 28. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was um, a sky bet thing. I was like, ah, they're just going to... Mm. They're going to rope you in with up a traction, bat. yeah? <laughs> for the rope you in with a bat. Mm. But um, it was picked up by quite a few um, sources, you know? So that's what scared me because uh, 
I was thinking, nah, this truly this can't be true. But it's, a lot of people, they didn't say we're making an offer or it's close to being an offer or anything like that. They said, Arsenal monitor in a situation and there is interest there. And I was thinking, fuck, what the hell are these men doing? Mm. <laughs> they need to... Uh, unless a- it's a, a wise ploy from us to put pressure yeah. on Atletico. But even Maybe. then, could we pick someone a bit more realistic? Like a bit more... Yeah. yeah. God, man. I, I mean, one thing I would say about Jorginho, I, I think he's a, an upgrade on Xhaka. Not that I want Jorginho, but I, I definitely think he... I don't think he would have struggled against Liverpool as much as Xhaka would have. They wouldn't have targeted... They would have targeted him, but he would have dealt with it a bit better than what Xhaka would have um, against Liverpool on, on, on Monday. And I think it was interesting because I put a poll out about this on Tachigun's account and it, I said, who's better out of Xhaka and uh, Jorginho? And it was un- pretty much unanimous with Xhaka, which I was quite surprised about, actually. What, what was the... About 70-30? What? Yeah, 70-30 said Xhaka was better than Jorginho, which I was surprised about because they all got you know, I know you get Arsenal bias. But not like you know, like you said, Xhaka's a polarizing figure. I didn't expect him to get the back. Xhaka uh, obviously has got a little bit more physicality, but in terms of a footballer, Jorginho pisses all over Xhaka. Mm, but I don't I want Jorginho because he's not got any physical capabilities. Mm. And Arteta's even quite. This is why I'm so surprised because one, if we're linked with Party, like you said, uh, Jorginho makes no sense because he's a completely different profile of player. And two, Arteta's quoted on saying, oh, no matter how much technical ability you have, if you don't have physicality, the big beast of the Premier League will eventually press you and take the ball off you. He said it. like That's what he said. So he knows the deal. So why would he get Jorginho? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Well, a lot of, a lot like of boys in the group say... Yeah, a lot of boys in the group say it's fake news, and I'm not sure, man. Uh, either way, that shit scares me, bro. I feel like there's no smoke without fire because at first we saw the whole Chelsea and Arsenal looking to do business swap deal or whatever like that and we were kind of winding them up and then um, it turns out that it's this whole Jorginho thing. And, you know, a transfer window, uh, how many players have we signed from Chelsea in the last few transfer windows? We've got uh, Petacek, we've got um, David Luiz, we've got Willian. So um, it's not like we're estranged from doing business with Chelsea, are we? Uh, did we? Did we do someone else? We sold them Giroud. We sold them Giroud. So, um, who do we? And obviously, the famous one of, of Ashley Cole and William Gallagher. So, yeah, we, we're not a stranger to doing business with Chelsea. We just seem to always end up worse off in that deal. So, that would be a reason by itself not to get uh, a, a Jorginho. But just in terms of the question, um, we, we've discussed it a few times on the, on the pod. But, uh, Leroy, I don't, Leroy and uh, Chris, I don't think you've obviously not given your opinion, Chris, but any alternatives to Partey that you would like? that maybe we haven't necessarily been linked with? No, no, because everyone is a, such a massive downgrade. Mm. Such a massive downgrade. Like, Sumare's cool, but he's one, not the same profile of player, especially defensively. He's not really a defensive midfielder, but he, he can play in a double pivot. And two, he is such a downgrade on the ball compared to Party. Party is so good on the ball compared to all his compatriots with similar attributes that is it's frightening you know and, and Sangari gone as well Sangari's already yeah, gone PSV, PSV so that was my other potential budget option but I don't really see any other option but party that's going to raise us or be the kind of level that we really really want after you I mean it's like it's like being offered a Range Rover than being offered a flipping Punto like it's, it's so different man mm-hmm uh, Chris, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm the same. I, there's no one that particularly... Um, there's no one that I'm after. There's, they're all the same. It's like 
is is Partey or Bust in that kind of more defensive role? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, Marvinio. This is an interesting question, actually. He asks, uh, "Say we get Awa, is anyone in? Is anyone worried about him being another bust from League One? If you look at previous big money acquisitions from that league, they leave a lot to be desired." So I thought, do you know what? I did a quick bit of research because you know me, I like to do a little bit of research yeah, on, on these. Look at the pre money and the big money acquisitions from League One because I don't, I don't think a lot of them are. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read them out to you, right? So, um, obviously, the main one is the one we've been lumbered with, which is Pepe for 72. Wait, worst, um, worst Arsenal signing in history, by the way. <laughs> the biggest highs of all time, you know? Uh, all time. I, I, don't, I can't think of a worst signing. Worse than Mustafi for 35, Shaq for 35, all of them. I think, he, I think he's I think it's Mustafi the same. Nah, he's worse, but if he costs 72 mils, bruv, and, and he's literally... But Mustafi has literally cost us, like, millions. Yeah, but Pepe cannot do anything apart from like. I'll put a luck up there as well. He ain't like 52 million. Yeah, so, uh, 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 Pepe's worse. Pepe's that's, worse. That's, that's another. At least at this late, Lack has got 50 million. We bought Aubameyang for 62, like less than six months later. That's true. That's true. Because in context, that, that, that transfer is a bit nuts when you think about it, that. We had to actually pay 60 million to sign someone to do Lacazette's job for him. So that was kind of like a 110 million pound signing, really. That's. <laughs> Um, so another one was our Endombele, uh, 50, uh, 54 million, who, you know, has had probably has had a worse start to life in the Premier League than Pepe has. But I get, I think we're a bit more confident in Endombele's ability than we are Pepe's. So, um, maybe there's a little bit less reservations there. Then you've got Lacazette, obviously you've got Martial who came from Monaco a few years ago. Um, You've got uh, Benjamin Mendy, 51 million. Big uh, flop. Big flop. Falcao came on loan from Monaco to, to United. Another flop. Uh, Bernardo Silva did well, has this done well. context though, man. Because I What's think the... Falcao flopped, but he, came just, he just came off a bad injury in it. Ah, flop. Tillemans has done all right, I guess. Bernardo Silva has done well. Bernardo Silva has done well. Those two are the main... Um, well, for me, Bakayoko flopped. Obviously, I, I'm not that worried personally. One, because I feel like if the fee is anything that, like what's quoted, I think that's a bargain, and that's the first thing. And I ju- I'm just confident in his ability. I'm like, so Pepe, I was unsure. Obviously, didn't work out very well. A lot of players you see, you're unsure. Someone like, oh, I'm just not. I'm not unsure. I'm not unsure. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm really quite confident in his ability, so I'm, I'm not worried in the slightest. Okay. And I think it's a bargain anyway. So even if, um, because of the COVID market, we, I think we'd be getting... We'll probably shot him for a profit anyway. Probably shot him for a decent amount. Like even, even if he completely bombs, I think we, it'll be like a Torero case where we, we're shotting him for pretty much around about what we got him for. This is, this is the positive of buying players at the age that our eyes as well. Even if in, after two, three years, if it doesn't go... As, as well as we want to, we will still be able to get some money for him. As, um, um, so, and we, don't, we haven't paid an astronomical price for him, or we won't pay an astronomical price for him by the sounds of it. And I'm quite, quite confident when I was about his abilities. I think um, some, of the, some of the players that you listed up there, um, I think context really matters. And um, some of them had bad injuries. And the ones that really worked out well, they all played in the Champions League before we seen them on the big stage in the Champions League doing quite well. And this fits to Awa, so um, he's he's done really well in, in, in the big games in the Champions League against City, 
uh, against Juventus. Um, well, what, what other game? I, th- I think yeah, did I play Bayern? Yeah, they played Bayern as well. So I think I, I've seen him on numerous occasions in the Champions League, thinking, "Yo, this this kid is it's the real deal." Um, I think I think the the only thing that's gonna shock and uh, and um, some fans is the expectations of him. I think mm. they're kind of expecting this playmaker who creates uh, a high volume of chances and gets loads of assists. Um, I don't think he's that type of player. Um, I think he, I think he's a different type of creator, but he's a very, very gifted footballer, and he will. Can you, Dan? Can you compare? For, so, so for people that haven't watched Awa and aren't like people who you know who, who watch YouTube compilations and stuff, could you compare him to a former Arsenal player that, um, you know, think, that he's similar to? I think he's he's a, people do the to do the Nazi one very quickly because they're both French and they're. Um, and they dribble well and stuff, but I think I think it's a mix of Najri and Chleb. So he, because Awa, he, he does he does attempt um, a, a good number of dribbles. Um, he creates most of his chances through opening up um, the pitch by via dribbling. So the way he disrupts defenses is via dribbling. He has the capabilities of doing, doing, playing passes as well. Um, I think Najri is um, slightly superior um, there, but again, he has very good technique. So this is something that. All of a sudden, he could he could be very good in this. This 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 what we've seen players do this before, but I think it's a bit of a Nasri clap thing. He has the he has the he has the Nasri um I stand up to you and, I, and then I beat you, and then he he has the he has the clap ha, um having the intention of wanting to dribble a lot. So I think it's a bit of a mix of both of them, but um he also has um the capabilities to get aim product, just not to the to the expectation I think some fans have. Not all fans, of course, but I think some people expect him. Uh, guys Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, exactly. An yeah. assist machine. He's he's mm. not he's not an Uzo or a De Bruyne or an Odegaard. That those are different type of playmakers. But he has he has a very particular skill set and unique skill set as well. Um, and if we complement him with someone like um, Partey as well, I think um, we're in for a good mix. Um, I, I, I have a, I have a lot of belief in his ability. So it's just I think people have the wrong perception of what player he is. Okay, guys, let's leave it there then. Uh, we've done our hour. Um, we'll we'll, we'll uh, leave things there. I think we've answered most of the questions. So, um, yeah, uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Chris, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being one of our patrons. Um, as I mentioned before, if you want pick to become a patron. Pick up you, Chris, bruv. I rate you, man. Respect. Yeah. Um, pick up all the patrons as well, man. Let me, let me go on... What are all their names? Give me the list. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm not doing this. No, nah, I'm not doing hey, this. Hey, hey, give me the list, man. <laughs> we'll let me to be shouted out, man. Nah, man, the, the boxing is starting soon, bro. The nah, boxing is starting soon. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to get the list and I'm going to shout you out. Before there's two, there's two, there's gonna, two nah, many. I'm naming every single one of you, man. I'm telling you that now. Well, if you if you if you want to have your name read out by Doctor Leroy, and not and not just yeah, in his doctor surgery, because that's that's not, that's where you don't want your name read out any 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 surgery. If you want his name read out on the pod, uh, we'll, we'll dedicate like an hour pod for Leroy just uh, reading out people's names. Then you can join our Patreon. Uh, it's, it's in the it's in the bio. It'll be on our Twitter, um, and yeah, it's just you can join us for as little as three pound a month. So um, yeah. Guys, we'll be back uh, with another patron piece th- this week. Um, maybe a preview to the uh, Sheffield United game or something. But um, yeah, guys, take it easy and we'll be back uh, soon. Peace out. Peace out.
Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Help your business bounce forward today with this amazing offer. For a limited time, ask how to get a $500 prepaid card. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go online today to learn more. Comcast Business. Restrictions apply. New Comcast Business customers only. Call for restrictions and complete details. Sports Social Podcast Network.